The Nevada Department of Education is providing this podcast as a public service, and it is provided for informational purposes only. It is not a statement of official state policy, nor should it be construed as legal advice on any subject matter. It is neither a legal interpretation nor a statement of state policy. Reference to any specific product, process, service, or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by the Nevada Department of Education. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Views and opinions expressed by employees of the Nevada Department of Education or Nevada educators are those of the individual and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the Nevada Department of Education or the view of the state of Nevada. Welcome to the Battleborn Digital Learning Podcast, a podcast brought to you by the Nevada Department of Education and the Nevada Digital Learning Collaborative to highlight best practices, tools, and successes from classrooms, schools, and districts from around the great state of Nevada with your hosts, Maggie Cox and Kyle Anderson. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Battleborn Digital Learning Podcast. My name is Kyle Anderson. I am one of the co-hosts of this show, and I am also a special education teacher at Clark High School in Las Vegas. And with me, per usual, is my partner in crime, Maggie Cox. Maggie, how are you doing tonight? Doing good. Maggie Cox, ACTE medical program teacher at Desert Pines High School in Las Vegas. And we are excited tonight. We're talking with another Nevada Digital Learning Collaborative member. Uh, we have Mike Lang with us tonight. And we're going to talk about, again, some of the best practices, the tools that are working, success strategies that we've seen in Nevada. And Mike is going to share a little bit with us about what he's done as a Nevada digital engineer this year. Um, Mike, would you introduce yourself to our audience for a minute? Of course. Uh, Mike Lang, I am one half of the Intelligent Hoodlands, but also a digital engineer here. This is my 17th year of teaching um, at uh, Lower Deering Elementary School. I'm the technology instructor there. Um, love what I do. I've got the, the brightest little kids in the world, um, you know, manipulating all kind of crazy, incredible stuff uh, at Deering. And uh, just um, so happy to be on the podcast tonight. Excellent. So, and did when you say seventeen years at Deering Elementary, have you've been there for the entire seventeen years? Oh no, seventeen this is my seventeenth year in education. I've been oh, okay. At, uh, I started in Mississippi, uh, went to Taiwan, and I've been here for the last uh, fourteen years. Okay, so yeah, when I heard that, I'm like, wow, to be at one school in the oh, Clark County School District oh. for seventeen years straight—that's uh, that would be a unicorn. Uh, for, I've got uh, I've got educator. two teachers. Our PE teacher and our, our music teacher have been. Mr. Barney's been there for twenty-two years. It's the only school he ever he's ever taught at. And then uh, Brown has been there for nineteen years, and that's the only school she's taught at. So we do have some two we have two unicorns amongst our specialists, actually. Yeah, that's uh, that's very impressive. So I always thought going into education, I, I would have loved to have been one of those educators that was in one place for 30 years. But uh, things come up and uh, you make some changes in life and uh, doesn't work out that way for everybody. But there are ones I know where I grew up, there are teachers that I had as a first year teacher back in 1997, and they're still there. And, yeah. you know, you've got teachers that recently retired that were there for 35 years or whatnot. So it does happen out there in the world. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Right. Well, Mike, thanks for taking some time out to join us here tonight and uh, talk a little bit about 
what you do, not only in education, but also with uh, the DLC. So uh, you mentioned that you started out in Mississippi and then went to Taiwan. So give us a little background with that. I'd love to hear a little bit more about that journey. Oh, I never ever intended to be a, a teacher at all, and that was like this is like the, the 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 most hilarious part of my life at this point. Had no intentions of going to teaching, and I found a program, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we'll pay for your master's degree if you go and you teach in uh, Pascagoula, Mississippi." So, so okay, cool, and um, uh, changed my life. Um, we survived Hurricane Katrina down there. I blew our little school up. Um, it was really, really uh, kind of showed you the, the depths of humanity and saw the earth people down there in Mississippi. And so I taught there two years, uh, fourth uh, grade, uh, had the opportunity through the state of Indiana to go to Taiwan and teach English. And so I, did, I went over uh, and with no EL background whatsoever, set up an, an EL program and learned a lot about uh, uh you know, PSYOP and HQSI as I was building this little program and stuff. So it was cool. And then I got homesick. So um, Vegas was, you know, as Vegas tends to be always in need of teachers. And um, it's a place that, you know, I landed from there. And then I've jumped during, I've been at Durham for six years, but I've jumped schools every two years. So it was, I started at Kirk L. Adams Elementary School, fourth and fifth grade. And then I went to uh, West Prep, taught there for two years. Uh, well, from West Prep, I went to Kit Carson, or now it's um, what did the totally forget the, the name of the school? Uh, they just renamed the school. Um, for two years, I was a, a local DLC for two years, worked at CPD for a year, and then in the last six at Deering doing technology. So, been a nice little roller coaster ride. Yeah, that is quite a story to have been there with Katrina and having to adapt the education environment during that you know, local crisis there. That kind of prepared you for what came next here um, as the whole world was facing a pandemic and we were trying to readjust education. Um, I'm sure you could fall back on some of what you learned. And what we became a part of, the three of us, was Superintendent Ebert's um, idea that we would create a Nevada Digital Engineer Group. It was almost like a think tank when we first got together. And we first got together had some good PD and conversations, and then we sort of split into groups and worked on different projects all year. Uh, when you got into the group, what kind of projects were you working on? Uh, so initially it was curriculum, and I think the the um, the curricula is an abstraction in a lot of ways because of the fact that everyone's classroom is different and everyone's book's going to be different and everyone's... Um, we say interpret the standards, but interpretation by by its definition means you're looking at it from a, a particular perspective, and your perspective may not be my perspective, you know, uh, you know, all the time, right? So, um, I ended up moving from curricula to to best practices eventually, and uh, uh, my partner in crime, Webbs, and I kind of did some uh, vodcasting and stuff, and did you know played around with stuff, and it kind of freed me up to interpret things to use that word again uh, a little bit more loosely in terms of uh, you know tools and you know strategies and stratagems you might want to be uh, familiar with if you were a teacher during the pandemic uh, mm -hmm. so I uh, also kind of just making sure that I was available for all the the the, the um, uh, conferences and stuff the, the two conferences we had this year as, as uh, DLCs 
as well and just to you know be around i think that was the other thing that was cool about the dlcs was just having individuals who uh perhaps were had the same uh motivations as you mm -hmm. to be able to kick ideas off of to say hey, you know what do you think about this or look at somebody else's work and um and collaborate i thought that was a great thing as well that was really my favorite part about being part of this group was just being connected to other educators, like you said, like-minded. We were all really focused on, you know, how do we successfully help other teachers? We were working on putting things all in one place. So now we have the NV Digital Learning website where a lot of this content has gone to so that hopefully, yeah, we can continue to provide support. Like you said, we had two conferences and you are no, um, you've been at many conferences. That's really how I met you probably five, six years ago. Uh, like you said, you've been presenting a lot. You do a lot of professional development. So it really came naturally to you to be part of this group and, and to work with that PD. So we did two conferences for Nevada Digital Learning Collaborative. Um, I don't think there's any plans to do those in the summer. I think we're looking at maybe some book studies through that group, but there are other opportunities coming up. And I wanted you to tell us a little bit about the Intelligent Hoodlums, which you mentioned is a, is a group that you had created because you're doing some PD in the summer. Well, I mean, uh, back when we were digital learning coaches locally, so uh, the mm -hmm. college we had digital learning coaches about two, two and a half years or so. And um, I was one of the original, what was it, 13 of us, 12 of us, something like that. And um, uh, just going through the district, the um, we all had something like 18 schools and pairs, and it was like a lot of work and whatnot. And you would go through schools and and just see that the infrastructure wasn't there generally. Um, it wasn't for lack of desire. It was just because you know resources weren't trickling down to school level or uh, talent. You know, just people to show people how to do certain things that that was also uh, not not available. Right. So. Um, Ended up working at William Snyder uh, Elementary, which is, you know, on, uh, well, what is that? Uh, Desert becomes whatever. Uh, totally forget this. My streets are you know, totally leaving me right now. Anyway, go in and I see this teacher and she's, you know, you know, just doing all this crazy stuff in the classroom and whatnot. And I come in, I introduce myself and I'm like, oh my God, this person hates my guts. <laughs> and, uh, Eventually we become friend friendly, I guess. And we started doing lunch and learns at Snyder. And I was like, this person's really good. She's, she's really good at what she does. And so um, there became an opening in DLCs and she became a DLC. So Weber and I really kind of hit it off. And I was driving to um, Harris Elementary School going out 95 one day. And I just called her up and say, look, I just want to do something. Like I want to do something with just wacky stuff. Are you are you down? She's like, oh yeah, I'm not allowed. Yeah, let's do it. So um that was the the uh genesis of the intelligent hoodlums. And we kind of it's the name came from one of my favorite rappers from when I was a kid, uh Tragedy Gaddafi had an album called Intelligent Hoodlums, so it's an homage to him. But um it became a situation where we kind of wanted to look at a lot of the strategies and stuff in a like uh offbeat way. Like, you know, we we really aren't um um, straight shooters in that way where everything's kind of like nice and, you know, sanitized. Um, and we were kind of like, um, we were both kind of um, 
wanting to get out of the box that professional learning, unfortunately, is is uh, is um, often placed in. So um, that was 2014, 2021. Now we kind of just, you know, we hang around, we do conferences all over the place. We uh, you know run conferences behind the scenes. Uh, we work with Q a lot uh, to do their conferences and whatnot. So lots of um, insanity and just uh, dreaming up weird stuff to do and publishing it and giving it to people and whatnot. So the hoodlums have been, a, it's been my, my, the crown jewel of my educational career, I guess that's, that's what it would be. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I've had interactions with you for several years as well. And I always love seeing your session titles and descriptions just because like you said, they're not just sanitized, like cookie cutter kind of sessions that they, they, they have a lot of, uh, there's a lot of hip hop themes. I, I, I've noticed before, and if I'm not mistaken, I feel like there was one that kind of had like a Mortal Kombat finish them yeah, uh, yeah, theme to, to it. It was one about <laughs> finishing off lessons, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, we, I mean, the thing, I guess what what I always hated when I was a, a younger teacher was walking in and the death by PowerPoint. And I think everyone hates that, but we don't um, encourage teachers to bury that and go into a different direction because it's, you know, it's, um, I think it, thre it threatens what the, the archetype of professional learning is, unfortunately. And um, yeah, yeah, that's just not a local knock. That's kind of national. When you go to national conferences, the same thing. How to do closed reading? You're like, all right, nah, that's I don't want to go to conferences like that. <laughs> you know, that's there's nothing sexy about that, right? So um, yeah, it's just and we just it's stuff that we like. So it's not even like let's be weird for it's like I play Mortal Kombat, I play video games, I listen to a lot of music. You know, their teachers are humans too. They also do these things. Why not give it? To them in a language that they're going to understand and not just the uh, uh educational jargon that we're bombarded with you know constantly on a daily basis uh and uh, i think by trying to connect systems that are not educational to the educational process i think it, it allows us to to simplify a lot of the things that hopefully should be going on in classrooms that is something i was going to mention that i've always noticed about your sessions is you you do simplify um, sometimes difficult concepts. And I'm always impressed, you know, I'm a high school teacher and I'm impressed at the way that you talk about educating the elementary students. And, you know, you're, you're giving them concepts that are difficult. I've, you know, I do design thinking with high school. You're doing it at an elementary level and you've broken it down in a way that they're understanding it. And so sometimes I'm just really impressed with, with the concepts and, and I'm grateful that you have that high expectation of your learners. Um, it, they're capable of it, you know? And I think it's, it's great to see that modeled, you know, at these PD sessions. And I think that's one of the things that we saw this year. Um, you know, the three of us, we've been at these conferences, we've been embracing technology for a while. Um, but we had some hesitancy by some of the other teachers. And, and this year, that was one of the positives was everyone was was pushed to, you know, we're using this online content. Some schools were requiring, you know, certain components. And so it really made everybody step up. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. Um, what were you seeing as you were supporting teachers? How was that process for you? I mean, it was it was interesting. At so, in March, um, the the cool thing was um, 
again, we kind of predicted that August wasn't going to be a normal August, right? And so what we did was we started to have PD after school every day and just, hey, let's start preparing for August. Uh, here are very small changes we can deal with. Here are templates you can use. Here are tools you might be interested in. Um, these are strategies you might want to get, get down with. And really encouraging people to not make this um, this incredible overnight change, but make glacial change, right? Make this 1% type change so that um, even if you're not a perfect, you're per not perfectly ready in August, you were more ready in August than you were in March. And so um, I think, again, it's most of the teachers that I've met this year who, even those who struggled with the online component, wasn't struggling because of lack of desire. You know, it wasn't the lack of desire that that caused them to have some some issues. It was it was more just the time, right? We did not have time to prepare uh, for August adequately. And so one of the things that I really noticed about the teachers who were successful, those were the teachers that collaborated as grade levels or across town or had um, a a philosophy that allowed them not to, to do this individually. I think hopefully that is one of the, the lessons we've learned from the pandemic that I think as much as is heaped into that, uh, that uh, you know, the, 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 the study and the research of the teacher being the, the, the change, the catalyst in the classroom, whatnot, I think a lot of that is misinterpreted because I think teachers together can do a lot more change than one teacher in a room with a, a, a locked door. I think getting away from that model um, is going to benefit uh, education and benefit students, frankly, because then you're not having to be the a savant for in everything, right? I can go and say I don't need to know how to do, and this is something I use with Webs and I all the time. Uh, Webs is a professional software developer. I don't need to learn how to code because I have her. I don't waste my time dealing with that. I don't have to do that. I can go and do other pursuits, and then we can come together like Voltron and do what we need to do. So I think a lot of this, um, a lot of the expectations of teachers, and I continue to hear this um, uh, uh, portrayed on Twitter, this teacher tired and this and that. And instead of us sitting back and saying, why is this a thing? Why is this normalized? How can we avoid having this teacher tired thing still be a deal by uh, ensuring that teachers, you don't have to be good at everything. I don't have to do that. I know that this teacher does this very well. Why don't I get with that teacher and have that person design this aspect of what we're dealing with rather than me having to you know again be jesus christ of a classroom and that's the most frustrating thing that's come out of this pandemic because we still have not learned that lesson i don't think that um we still have people who are going to go into august with the, i'm going to close my door and then my little kingdom will be here and we're going to have this frustration cycle start all yeah. over again especially you know down that we're going to be starting school august the 9th like we have no turnaround really in terms of you know, just being able to rest up, build lessons that are going to be dynamic, given that what we've learned. So um, that's that is my biggest kind of worry that August is going to it's going to cause the frustration cycle all over again. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think what's going to contribute to that as well is that this year, so many people are working the summer school session Absolutely. through the end of June, Absolutely. and summer school is not necessarily a time for dynamic learning and innovative ideas outside the box to try something. It's going to be a lot of, uh, I don't necessarily know if there's going to be paperwork because with COVID restrictions still or whatnot, but I feel it's going to be a lot of sit and get, and you're going to have teachers work through the end of June, take three weeks off, and then we're right back to it. And Absolutely. that's going to contribute to that as well, I, I, I fear. 
Absolutely. I would, I would 150% co-sign that because we have a lot of people, unfortunately, who have this misguided notion, in my opinion, that teachers are going to do PD in July. And I was like, nah, I think people are going to be in the Bahamas in July. Uh, they're going to throw computers into the water and they're going to laugh and they're going to come back August the 4th and no one's going to know what's, what, what, what weighs up. Add to that the amount of administrative turnover. So you have brand new administrators in buildings with teachers who are not, that's going to be a recipe for not fun times. Yeah. And I mean, we're speaking, obviously, from the Clark County School District perspective, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be very similar in the other districts in Nevada as well, rural and uh, urban like Washoe up north. It's going to be a lot of the same thing. So uh, which hopefully the time that people do get off this summer, they use that to rest and recover a little bit. And then with the little bit of time they have left, figure some things out to maybe try something new next year, because, again, We've been doing this for over a year now, and we had to do things outside the box. I, I fear that people are just going to try to revert back to what it was before, and that and Absolutely. that's taking three steps back for the steps that we've taken forward. Absolutely. Yeah, we don't want to lose what we got. And what we got this year was devices in every child's hands. Um, that was something that had been a barrier for a while. So I think we can keep that. I hope the administration understands the, the necessity. I think we've seen a lot of support for that, you know, from the state level. I, I think that's going to continue, right? So now um, I think the most important thing is some time off, some reflection time and some rest. I am concerned not only about the, the teachers working this summer, but our students. I think mm -hmm. some of them really need some time off. I was teaching high school where a lot of my students were not only trying to do their coursework, but helping siblings. And so I've suggested that most of them, you know, as long as they are they are at a passing point, um, that they need to take that time as well. So we'll see. I'm hearing mixed messages in CCSD. Some schools are talking about just summer, um, you know, the summer extension being more geared towards fun, mm -hmm. um, Kind of creative things and then some schools are really working on credit retrieval so i think the experience will be different i think we might learn some things again i'm not sure how this is going to go but there was more funding for the summer piece because of what happened i don't think more time in the classroom is necessarily going to fix you know what what happened this year i think um, a lot of kids pushed through you know mm -hmm. Basically, and I think as teachers too, we really pushed from March to March. And I think, you know, people are tired now. Um, so I, I do hope that teachers will take some time to rest, maybe listen to these podcasts while they are, you know, sitting on the beach for a while and just <laughs> think about things, you know, it might be a good time for a book study. But um, yeah, I think I think we do need some reflection time. So hopefully... Um, people will take a little bit. Now, I'm planning a conference for July, guys, so you're making me feel bad, but... <laughs> I, I mean, I just, if somebody asked me to present in July, I was like, are you serious? Like, you know, I just like, you know, dude, like, it, it's been a hustle, non-stop hustling, and, you know, yeah. uh, June, I'm going to work the summer school deal just because ours is going to be enrichment, give kids an opportunity to come and, you know, kind of experience things like that, but once June the 30th hits, my brain is getting shut off and I'm, I'm just going to like, I'm going to veg. And I think the, the, the kind of to what you were saying, Maggie, I think there has to be a situation in which we re-examine the system to stop again 
and this is, I've said this to multiple teachers. Teaching to me is dead. There's no such thing as teachers anymore. Not it's not necessary anymore because Google exists. Generally, I can go on YouTube and learn anything my teachers are going to teach. There's something on you. Somebody who's far more qualified than myself that can teach you how to do that far better than I can. That's not my job. My job is to design and invent. And if I'm not a designer and inventor that leads you to these places where, oh, I can use Google in order to help figure out how this problem works or to do this. with Now it's less Mr. Lang has to know every little thing about every little thing and more of how do I guide this kid to with this problem in order to understand how certain things work. OK, got you. Right. So I think the system needs to be reevaluated. I also think that it should not be up to the individual in a classroom to necessarily build things. I mean, we have Canvas. Canvas allows me to take a module that somebody else built and to input it inside of my Canvas uh, course in rock and roll, right? Fourth grade, ideally, in, in Summerlin isn't different than fourth grade in uh, East Vegas, fourth grade in Washington. They're all the same Nevada standards, supposedly, right? So in theory, one could build these things. One could take highly qualified, highly you know, uh, uh, talented teachers in this area and say, we're going to pluck you from this school for the year. Mm -hmm. Well, whatever happens at your school site, I want you to build this course. What does this course look like? And therefore, push that to everybody who teaches CTE or whatever. Here's the course that Matthew designed. You don't have to worry about that piece of it. What you're going to do yeah. is you're going to do the best that you can on that day to day, but then have kids be to asynchronously go at their own pace to get this, the credits in this vetted course that's going to make sure everybody knows what they need to do by the end of the course. Mm -hmm. I think we really need to reinvent how we're doing stuff because. People, like you say, are tired and we're going to go in August. You're going to have tired people even more tired and frustrated because I was tired and frustrated even before I started, started in August. Right. So it's just um, and then again, think about the number of things. And just speaking as a Clark County School District teacher. How many things you're going to be inundated with on August the 4th, that brand new this and that and this other thing and the videos and this. You're not going to have time to sit down and actually, you know, do anything. Um, uh, powerfully and outside the box, as, as Kyle's kind of said. Yeah, I I do hope that we move a little bit closer to um, more student-centered sort of discussions. Absolutely. Unfortunately, like you said, our PD at the beginning of the year was really, I mean, we had to do a sit and get as well. Um, a lot of our training was like, okay, watch this video. We didn't get to try things. We didn't get to discuss in groups um, at our school sites or anything like that because we were all separated. So mm -hmm. I think, you know, now as we move closer, once hopefully we get back to our school site, we get in those PLCs, that time can be spent more. How do we create this as a student centered, you know, experience, like you said, I mean, we're really facilitators. That's really the term I, I prefer to use, especially in high school. Um, yeah, we got to teach them how to research appropriately and these kind of things, and we can guide you. But we're, there's a million problems that haven't been answered. And sometimes those are the questions that we're talking about. And mm -hmm. I, I teach a medical program. So just watching this year, how many questions did we have? And um, you know, different things solved in different ways. I had so many examples to talk about. I mean, basically, you know, a couple of my classes were just discussion because mm -hmm. that was more relevant. Um, so it, it's tricky. I think that was part of what, you know, 
Superintendent Ebert said, this is going to be a process. So she created this group to start the process. I think what you said is absolutely ideal. I wish, like as a content expert, I wish I could get with the, the super techie person that can do all that code. <laughs> like you said, I need a, a, a friend to do that and, and just create all those pieces. Because for me at the beginning of the year, that was the hardest part. I was looking at three classes, three separate classes, and I can't build all the content for all of those. So I built a few pieces, you know, I shared those pieces that I had. A few other teachers had pieces. We were kind of piecing things together. Um, I was fortunate there, there's an online program that my district was able to purchase for me to fill in some of the gaps. And I, I felt confident in that created content. But it's, you can't possibly create all the content, re, you know, relevant enough um, that first year. So mm -hmm. it was very challenging. I think this reflection time will give people a little bit better chance to take what was good and then hopefully work with their team to get some more content. Facts, facts. Mm -hmm. And speaking of reflection and collaboration and everything, uh, Mike, you are active on social media. Where can listeners connect with you to interact with you up until July 1st? <laughs> uh, you know, ways, uh, at Trust the Hoodlum is our, our Twitter handle uh, for the Intelligent Hoodlums. Um, I am Chocolate Teacher. It's chocolate spelled very creatively. C-H, uh, I always have to think about it. C-H-L-T-E, Teacher. Um and um, I mean, it's it's I'm not a big social media person. I mean, especially Twitter. Twitter kind of depresses me. A lot <laughs> um, like it's really, really interesting place. I'm more of an Instagram person. I like taking pictures, just saying, hey, this is the rap I'm listening to today. All right, cool. It's out in the world. Um, Twitter, I, I feel like you have to. Um, you really have to like. You either embrace it and you love it or you don't. I don't think there's a little middle ground with Twitter. Uh, and um, like I don't tweet very often. I'll tweet, you know, once a week, maybe once every couple of weeks. So um, trust the hoodlum tent webs runs that. So that's generally if stuff stuff pops off, that's there. Uh, we're also on uh, Facebook, the Intelligent Hoodlums on Facebook, where we tend to do a lot of stuff. We do a, a show uh, four times a month, uh, kind of just uh, everything for this summer is going to be canvas related. And kind of looking at uh, allowing you to use strategies, um, really focusing on products and making sure kids are builders of things. Because I think that's the other mm -hmm. thing that's really frustrating to me uh, to have kids. The worksheet thing and stuff is so like 1985. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, I don't really care that you can read, kid, unless you can read to solve problems. I don't really care you can do math unless you can do math to solve problems. Doing math in a vacuum, reading in a vacuum is a kind of worthless talent, in my opinion. But um that's why that design thinking is so appealing. That's why, you know, I'm a Phil Schlechty, you know, acolyte, you know, that whole work in the work idea, I think is really powerful, um, especially given uh, the circumstances now that, um, again, you have kids who literally are masters of the Internet. They're masters of YouTube. They're masters of, you know, of streaming. I mean, we got kids who stream their video games. I've got a couple mm -hmm. of second graders who are TikTok phenoms, you know, uh, 15,000 uh, followers on, on TikTok and stuff. So mm -hmm. you have kids who have talents that, uh, and that's where, you know, Maggie kind of mentioned before we started recording about the, the, the learning loss thing. It wasn't the learning loss. We have kids who redefine what learning was, and that perhaps threatens the, 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 the old system mm -hmm. in terms of, uh, you know, we got people that don't like TikTok. 
how how genius is that product where you have 60 seconds to explain? That's all you have. You have 60 seconds. You have an elevator pitch you have to make to me before I click and go to the next video and saying that's boring, go to the next thing. How do you keep my attention for those 60 seconds? That is brilliant. And I mean, uh, it's just, it's just a, a great tactic to use for everything. You know, hey, you got 60 seconds to explain mRNA vaccines. That's all you got. Condense it down to 60, 60 seconds. Um, and, you know, it goes to that Einstein deal, right, where if you can't explain it to a six-year-old, you don't really understand it. So um, I really think that there are teachers that are paying attention right now. They're going to do amazing things next year because they're going to um, minimize themselves and maximize their students and not have a lot of those stresses. But I do think that, unfortunately, our system is um, built for this the factory. We want the factory workers making widgets. We don't want them thinking of how to you know, fix the factory. We're, we're getting there though. We're working on it. You know, career tech ed is my thing. We are, we oh, are working on it. I mean, it's the reason why I, I hang out in K-5, kindergarten, there's no, the kindergartners are as close to geniuses as, as anybody ever gets, unfortunately. They're curious um, and creative. I do. I love that group. So I, like you, you said this year, especially we worked on creating content. So I had kids doing um, Adobe Spark. We used that quite a bit this year for assignments. And our class uh, Instagram has a lot more followers because we would take that content and we would put some on. And by the second semester, I wasn't posting on that Instagram. The students were posting on the Instagram. So it is a great way and it's a great way to connect them. And I love utilizing, you know, those pieces. So if you want to find me on social media, I'm also on Twitter, uh, Instagram. You can find me at all the places, Maggie J. Cox. And I would love to connect with more teachers. Mike, it's been such a joy to have you. Um, you are such an asset here in Clark County School District. And I wanted to say thank you, um, you know, for being on. Congratulations on your recent award. You've got Heart of Education here in Clark County, it's it's a lovely honor, and we're really pleased to have you as part of this Nevada Digital Learning Collaborative. And Kyle, why don't you uh, tell us where are we going to find all this uh, information for Nevada Digital Learning? Well, you can follow the Nevada Department of Education on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and you can find some great things that are going on on all those platforms using hashtags NVDLC. NV Digital Learning and NV Digital Engineers. Nevada Department of Ed also has a YouTube channel. These are all linked in the show notes. You can listen to the show on your favorite podcast app like Anchor, Apple, Spotify, and more. We post episodes on the first and third Mondays of the month. And then you can find the work that Mike has created over the months and also other digital engineers at nvdigitallearning.org. Excellent. And we will find you on Twitter as well, right, Kyle? Yes, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Anderson EdTech. And then I have a blog, AndersonEdTech.net, that you can check out. And then also my book, To the Edge, Successes and Failures Through Risk-Taking. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and through my publisher, EduMatch Publishing. Oh, shout outs to Sarah, Dr. Thomas. I forgot she Dr. Had- Thomas, yes. yes. Shout out to Sarah, Sarah, man. Yes, indeed. So uh, excellent human being right there. So and listeners, we thank you as always for taking some time out of your day to uh, collaborate and learn with us. And until next time around, have a good one.